It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Ross Tucker, Joe Dolan with you, and we've got all kinds of awesome for you here in episode number two, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. Speaking of Box of Awesome, you guys need to start a new monthly routine to upgrade your life with a Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. They send you only the best stuff, whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. They'll tell you what is the perfect box for you. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code FEAST, for 20% off your first box, which is amazing. Almost as amazing as the fact that we get the number one ranked fantasy analyst, Joe Dolan, Every single week here on the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, which is amazing. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL. He is at FG underscore Dolan. All right, Joe, we will start episode number two with what I think is arguably the game of the afternoon. I know everybody will be focused on Browns, Patriots, or even Raiders, Texans. We got three good ones in the afternoon slate. How about the Panthers off the bye? At Emmanuel Sanders and the San Francisco 49ers, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, the fo- the 49ers here, you know, talking uh, talking to people who know what they're talking about, meaning you, Greg Cosell, and a lot of people I know throughout the industry, it's important to note that Kyle Shanahan doesn't think of his offense as something where – you have to filter the ball through one person. We've got to get the ball in one person's hands. However, it was pretty certain just by watching them that they needed some consistency at the wide receiver position. And Emmanuel Sanders is going to give that to them. He's going to give them a presence in the slot. Now, here is the question I have. Because the receiver who has been playing the most snaps for them in recent weeks is is um, Dante Pettis, who was up and over 90% of the snaps for the first time this season in week number seven against Washington in those awful conditions. Now, he didn't catch a pass, but I'm giving everybody in that game a, a free pass because of how awful the conditions were. But where, where does Sanders fit in? He's a veteran receiver who can play inside and outside. I think Pettis has the skills to play inside and outside. My question is, which guy comes off the field? But for fantasy purposes, I immediately 
rank Emmanuel Sanders as the top wide receiver on this 49ers team because nobody else has been getting it done. It's easy for me to rank him as the top one because there's really, as I said, nobody else that I've really been interested in. So Sanders comes in as a wide receiver three for me. And until I see the rotation at wide receiver, I'm ignoring everybody else. And that includes Dante Pettis. Interesting. Okay. What about um, with some of the injury issues they've had, the running back rotation? Well, uh, Tevin Coleman has been the guy that they've really wanted to get the football to. Uh, Now, Matt Breida left last week. He was getting checked for a concussion. He got poked in the eye. He's getting his touches as well, but 22 touches for Tevin Coleman against Washington. With the 49ers as home favorites, Tevin Coleman, I think you could fire him up as a DFS option. And coming off a disappointing day, I think he might be a little bit lower owned than you might think. The 49ers are six-point favorites at home. Tevin Coleman is a high-end RB2. Matt Breida is a flex type of play in this matchup against Carolina. Anything that needs to be said by Kid about Kittle other than he's a total to start him. Uh, what about for, for, yeah. for Daly? Uh, uh, I, I think it's a good enough matchup. Uh, not not a great uh, matchup here because I think that the, the defense is uh, for Carolina is rock solid. They've actually given up the fifth fewest total fantasy points to the tight end. But uh, maybe if you think, you know what? The matchup isn't great. People are going to are going to pay down for their tight end or go to somebody else. That's fine. But uh, with George Kittle, I have no problem playing him in DFS each and every week. Panthers coming off the bye. It's still Kyle Allen's team, Joe. We know about McCaffrey. Let's talk receivers and Greg Olson. Okay, so Greg Olson, finally, uh, he gets it done last week, uh, two weeks ago before their bye. Uh, Finally, uh, uh, after two really bad games, four for 52, not a great game, but certainly one where you can kind of hang your hat on it. The problem here is Kyle Allen. The thing I would think about Kyle Allen, as impressive as he's been, he's been a little bit deliberate in the pocket, and that is going to worry me against this defense. Uh, Kyle Allen has fumbled six times in four starts this year. Six. So I think that's going to worry me against this defensive front, this really fast defensive front. Not the week I'd be choosing to stream Kyle Allen, though keep in mind, he hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. So there is that, but not the week that I, that I'd really be focusing on getting him in my lineup. However, we can go to the wide receivers and it's been kind of a up and down for them. One week, it'll be Debo Samuel. One week, it'll be DJ Moore. Uh, check the status of Akello Witherspoon, who's missed the last few games uh, with a leg injury for the 49ers. If he plays, it becomes really tough sliding for DJ Moore on the perimeter. We already know this is a tough matchup. The 49ers have given up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers thus far. I think both of those guys are low-end wide receiver threes. I think this is a tough matchup for Carolina. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next game, it's the Raiders at the Texans. Let's start with the Raiders who, you know, Joe, they moved it pretty effectively against the Packers. They had Jacobs got stuffed on the one, Carr threw a bad pick, Carr was about to have a rushing touchdown, fumbled it. The offense was still humming pretty good. Uh, how about the how about the Texans uh, uh, get, getting Gary and Conley here in the building? Before this game uh, from Oakland. So uh, they get some corner help and they needed that corner help because they've been really exploitable on the back end. They've given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Only the Eagles have given up more. So uh, they, they needed that corner help. The problem here for the Raiders is they don't have wide receivers. 
Tyrell Williams has been hurt. We saw John Gruden last week say he has plantar fasciitis and it's not getting better. So who is going to attack on the perimeter for the Raiders? Two weeks ago, they traded for Zay Jones. They made him inactive. They had only four wide receivers active uh, uh, in that game against Green Bay. They had they had Hunter Renfro active. They had Trevor Davis active. They had Marcel Aitman active. And they had Keelan Doss active. None of those guys are fantasy options. So in this matchup, the two guys who I'm considering in the passing game are the two tight ends, Darren Waller and Fabian Moreau, both of whom have been big-time performers for them, especially Waller, who's been a top-three fantasy tight end this season. He is a locked-in top-three fantasy tight end option because, remember, he's a converted wide receiver. They can split him out a little bit. And also Fabian Moreau, who looks like a heck of a player, I expect to see a ton of 12 personnel from the Raiders in this game. Interesting. Okay. Um, we know about Jacobs. We know about Waller. For the Texans, what do we need to know here? Uh, Deshaun Watson's good. Finally, DeAndre Hopkins got something done. Uh, the question I now have is the run game. Because they are going to be home favorites here against the Raiders. Carlos Hyde did not get it done last week. Uh, they are in that kind of back and forth game where the Texans, they are six and a half point favorites. I would anticipate this is a week that they think they can get the run game going. So I think it's a good week for Carlos Hyde. Every week is a good week uh, for Deshaun Watson. You keep playing DeAndre Hopkins, especially since Will Fuller is injured. Uh, Will Fuller's going to miss a few weeks, and that opens up the door for somebody who's one of my favorite waiver wire ads of the entire week, Kenny Stills. And how uh, you have to look at, at Deshaun Watson's uh, – it's not luck that he lost Will Fuller, but compare and contrast uh, Deshaun Watson to Carson Wentz, for instance. We talked on the last podcast about how the lack of Deshaun Jackson is killing Carson Wentz and Eagles offense down the field. The Texans lose Will Fuller, and they pick up another guy who runs a 4-3 and just throw him right in there in, in Kenny Stills. That's a nice luxury for them to have. He had over 100 yards receiving. Kenny Stills, easily on the wide receiver three radar this week against the Raiders. Got it. Okay. Um, what else Texans-wise? Running back, tight end? Well, Duke Johnson actually outsnapped Carlos Hyde last week. It's just teams just don't want to give him the ball, and I don't understand it. Uh, I think he's a low-end flex, and I think Carlos Hyde is a high-end flex, uh, and, and maybe a, a sneaky DFS option with the Texans as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Next up, we've got the Browns at the Patriots. I mean, Patriots defense is nasty, Joe. What does that mean for you with these Browns? Uh, I feel good about Nick Chubb, and I don't feel good about anybody else. And that doesn't mean I'm not playing Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham's going to be a wide receiver too for me this week with Stefan Gilmore chasing him around. Jarvis Landry is going to be a wide receiver three for me this week. And there ain't no way in hell I am playing Baker Mayfield in this game. No way. I, uh, there, there are, I'd rather play Gardner Minshew than Baker Mayfield this week. It's not even close for me. I, I, I Look, this might be, talent-wise, the most gifted offense the Patriots have faced this year. As a matter of fact, looking at their awful schedule, I think that's pretty much a guarantee. But the Browns haven't played to that talent. Maybe they figured something out over the bye. I'm going to let them show it to me before I trust Baker Mayfield in this matchup. I think you have to play Beckham. I think you have to play Landry, and you certainly have to play Chubb. Anybody else? Mayfield, no thank you. 
not against this defense. Fire up the Patriot defense with Baker Mayfield and his tendency uh, to, uh, to to throw the ball to the other team. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. What about the other skill guys for the Browns? Uh, nobody I'm considering. I, I Just nobody. It, it's Landry as a wide receiver three. Beckham is a two. And I don't feel great about that with Stephon Gilmore chasing him around. And Nick Chubb is a every week RB1, but nobody else I feel good about. Then you get to the Patriots on the other side. Just kind of amazing how they utilize all these different guys. What does it mean from a fantasy perspective? Uh, well, everybody's going to be really excited to learn that they have another guy to add in there with Mohamed Sanu. They traded for him this week. They, they gave up a second-round pick. And you look at that and you say, whoa, a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu? Probably a little rich. Like I, I don't think Ma- – I don't think most teams in the NFL, any of their fans would be like, yeah, let's give up a second for Muhammad Sanu. But here's what Sanu is. He is one of those better in real life than in fantasy type of guys. He can block. He's versatile. They can run gimmick plays with him. Remember, he used to be a quarterback back in the day. So they they can run gimmick plays with him and Edelman, both of whom used to be quarterbacks. The Bill Belichick has some mad scientist crap brewing up with Muhammad Sanu. The question here with this receiving core is how much how much does he play? Where do the snaps come from? And I can't really answer that until I see him out there. I know they're not coming from Julian Edelman, but I presume they're going to take some from Philip Dorsett. I presume he's going to take some from Josh Gordon, and it just muddies up this passing game a little bit more. I'm intrigued by Sanu with New England. I just wonder if his impact is going to be far more in real football than it is for fantasy football. Huh. All right. What else do we need to know about the Patriots for fantasy football? So my co-host on my Fantasy Free Agents podcast, Tom Brawley, told me, I I rank our running backs every week, and he tells me, you know, Joe, you should just rank James White at number 20 every week. And, and, And that's perfect because he's dead smack in the RB2 range. Even for a PPR type of running back, he's matchup proof. Um, he gets eight targets like seemingly every week, so he's an RB2. Sony Michelle is going to be, after three touchdowns against the Jets, he's going to be borderline RB1 this week with the, with the Patriots as 10.5-point favorites against the Browns. And I am playing Tom Brady as he now has another weapon at his disposal. It's a very good week for Brady, White, Edelman, and in my opinion, especially Sony Michelle. I like it. Um, you know what else I like? I told you about this last week, I think. It's called Pole Sports. It's pretty cool. It's an online site that allows you to get instant fantasy football advice through real-time polls. Poll Sports allows you to create a poll with your custom league settings and then get votes and advice from credible fantasy players. So if you're wondering about a trade, wondering about a lineup decision, etc., you can crowdsource it, if you will, at pollsports.com. After you post a poll, the votes and advice come in almost instantaneously. You can even search for polls for that player and see how they turned out with other people's polls about those players. Head over to pollsports.com to get your free account and get instant advice today. The beauty of it is completely free to use. No paywalls of any kind pollsports.com very cool you know this could have been the epic matchup of all time joe between the packers and the chiefs sunday night unfortunately now here we go we've got packers against matt moore and the chiefs what do you think 
the NFL, I, I feel like at, at some point is going to like want to reverse this season and just kind of start it over because, I mean, you now have Aaron Rodgers playing the best football that that he's played in years, in my opinion, and Patrick Mahomes can't play in this game. It's kind of sickening. Um, it's, I mean, at least you get Aaron Rodgers, but this could have been a duel, uh, to much to the same level that we saw between the chiefs and the Rams last year. And we're not going to get the opportunity to watch that. And that's really a shame, especially since green Bay and Kansas city only play during the regular season once every four years. So if Rodgers is still playing in four years, we're going to get another opportunity at this matchup, barring them meeting in the super bowl, which doesn't seem that unlikely at this point, but uh, it's just a shame right now. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, the Packers are four and a half point favorites. And the one thing I want to draw attention to is how Aaron Rodgers is putting up all these numbers with a really mediocre at best cast of receivers. Last week, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has the long catch and run touchdown, but he only played 33% of the snaps because he was dinged up with the knee injury. Uh, Alan Lazard led their wide receivers in snaps. He's actually still an intriguing player. He makes contested catches. Throws a touchdown to Jake Kumaro. Throws two to his running backs, one to Jones and one to Williams. He gets the one to Valdez-Scantling. Throws one to Jimmy Graham, who cannot run anymore. Ross, I'd venture to guess you're faster than Jimmy Graham at this point. Um, Yeah, he's... Uh... It's not his strength. No. <laughs> it's a nice it way to, to say be, that. But uh, the injuries have taken their toll on him. But Rodgers is just dealing at an un, uh, unco- incomparable level right now. Accounts for six touchdowns last week uh, and only six incompletions. And, and I think this is a great matchup for Rodgers again. The question is, is he going to have Devontae Adams? That I don't know at this stage of the week, unfortunately. Uh, but that will be a big boost to him. That would be a big boost to the Packers. So here's how I feel about them. Aaron Rodgers, start him. Aaron Jones, start him. He's an RB1. Jamal Williams, you can start him as a flex player. They are going to use both of these backs, and they are both important in both the passing game and the run game right now, so you can start him. I think Jimmy Graham is a top-eight tight end option this week, and let's watch out for the wide receivers because if, if Devontae Adams plays, you must use him. Otherwise, I actually still think my favorite is Alan Lazard because he had the most snaps and the most targets of their wide receivers uh, last week. Outside of Geronimo Allison, who had five targets, Lazard had four. But I actually prefer Lazard on the perimeter. I think he's somebody that Rodgers is going to start to trust as a contested catch guy. On the other side, the Chiefs, now that Matt Moore is the quarterback, what does that mean for all these guys? Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, etc.? Not good things, I can tell you that. Uh, Matt Moore last week, look, he comes in cold, and he goes 10-19 and 19 for 117 yards and a touchdown. That's fine, okay? However, you have to keep in mind that one of those plays was the 57-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Outside of that, he completed 50% of his passes for 60 yards. He averaged, outside of the 50-yard touchdown, 3.3 yards per pass attempt. It was not pretty. Now, when you have speed like Tyreek Hill and Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, there's the chance Matt Moore is going to get somebody down the field. But he significantly lowers the ceiling and the floor of this offense. I don't think you can play Demarcus Robinson. I don't think you can play Mecole Hardman. You suck it up with Tyreek Hill because he's so good. You suck it up with Travis Kelsey. But in terms of, in terms of the passing game weapons, Hill and Kelsey are the only two I'm considering this week. Wow. Okay. What about the running backs? 
the run game's been atrocious for them. Uh, they actually finally got it going with LaShawn McCoy, but the issue is now they have a three-man rotation because they're insistent on getting both Damian and Daryl Williams into the action. Those two guys are low-end flexes. McCoy is a high-end flex. That's it. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Andy Reid come out and try to give the ball to McCoy and play a little bit differently in this game, even try to shorten the game a little bit, because that's the way everybody plays against the Chiefs these days. They want to shorten the game and not let Mahomes get the ball. Well, I think the Chiefs now have to try to shorten the game and not let Rodgers get the ball. I wouldn't be surprised to see LaShawn McCoy get a lot of carries in this game. Hmm. Okay. The final game. I'll be on the sideline for this, Joe, and... I don't know how much of it I would watch on TV <laughs> if I wasn't going to be paid to be on the sidelines for Westwood One. I'm looking forward to it, provided the weather is okay. It is the Miami Dolphins at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know why I am looking forward to it? I'm What's looking that? forward to it because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a lunatic, and I love him. Did you see him with like a minute left in the game? Yeah, I mean, dude, he's got six kids. He's made almost $50 million. He went to Harvard, and he's out here, like, spearing defenders to try to get a touchdown for a team that's not trying to win and is down by two scores with a minute left. I mean, he is a lunatic, and I love that about him. And uh, I'm gonna, he better start. I do not feel like watching Rosen play. I want to see my boy Fitz. And Mason Rudolph's back for the Steelers. So let's start with the Dolphins. It's blatantly obvious, Joe, that Fitzpatrick gives them a better chance to win football games than Josh Rosen, which is probably all you need to know about Josh Rosen. Yeah, it is. It is right now. If I'm Josh Rosen, I'm requesting a trade at the end of the season to a winning franchise who has an established quarterback so I can try to reestablish myself. Um, just as a, a as a, a potential guy who gets his shot years down the road, because I don't think anybody would say he's been put in in, in good situations. I don't think anybody would say that at this point. Um, uh, it, it's it's a shame for Josh Rosen, but it's completely true. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them better chance to win football games. Uh, I, I just want to wax poetic about Ryan Fitzpatrick for a little bit because this isn't really a team uh, that uh, that really has a whole lot going on for it for fantasy. So I just want to wax a little bit poetic about Ryan Fitzpatrick, if I might. We are talking about a player, Ross, who has more passing yards than Joe Namath, Terry Bradshaw, Len Dawson, Rich Gannon, George Blanda, Jim Plunkett. He has more passing yards than all of these guys. He has more passing yards than Randall Cunningham. He has more passing yards than Jake Plummer, Brad Johnson. He has more passing yards than Ron Jaworski and Trent Green. And uh, I, I forgive me because I saw this tweet on Sunday and I didn't pick up the account that said it. But not only does Ryan Fitzpatrick have more passing yards than all of those guys, he now has the same number of career rushing touchdowns as Bo Jackson. <laughs> so Ryan Fitzpatrick is That's one amazing. of the most accomplished athletes in American history. That I mean, is hilarious. Truly, he truly is. He is top 50 in the NFL in career passing yards. You got you to send that to me because I'm using that Monday night on the sideline. Everything you just said, email or text me because I'm using that, especially the Bo Jackson line. Yeah, that will I'm be amazing. I'm going to find the tweet because I, 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 I wanted to uh, – I, I want to credit the right person for it. I have to find the tweet. But the 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 name of stuff, that's all mine. And uh, obviously that's – I mean that's – 
that's public knowledge. All you have to do is go to Pro Football Reference to look that up. But he is he's ahead of like so many Super Bowl winning and Hall of Fame quarterbacks in career passing yardage. And now he has the same number of rushing touchdowns as Bo Jackson. We all want to see a Ryan Fitzpatrick 30 for 30. The problem is I don't want to use his team for fantasy. If you're desperate, you can use Mark Walton in the backfield. He's really the guy that the Dolphins are starting to commit to. Um, the problem is Kalen Balaj has come in two weeks in a row and he's stolen a goal line touchdown. Uh, but Walton was up at 52% of the snaps with 14 carries and a target last week. Kenyon Drake's 41% of the snaps were a season low. He had six carries and four targets. So they're really starting to get Mark Walton involved. Preston Williams, uh, the wide receiver, is playing 90% of the snaps. He had eight targets. Devontae Parker, 10 targets. I am I have a strict anti-Devontae Parker policy on all of my fantasy teams, but Preston Williams is somebody, if you're desperate, you can use. The problem here, Ross, is the Steelers' defense has been really, really good. And that's why the Steelers are 14.5-point favorites at home. Yeah, I'm with you. What about the Steelers on offense with well, Mason Rudolph back in? What, what people think of the Dolphins, the fact that the Steelers are 14.5-point favorites with, with presumably – Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, once again, you just have to kind of suck it up with him. He's a third. Uh, he's he's a number three wide receiver. Obviously, he has more upside uh, with with uh, with Mason Rudolph than he d- did with Devlin Hodges. Um, Deontay Johnson is usable as a wide receiver three in this matchup, especially if Xavier Howard uh, doesn't play, is traded, whatever. I know there's rumors out there. So if Deontay Johnson on the perimeter has some juice, if Xavier Howard doesn't go, but this is a big game for the backfield. Keep an eye on James Conner status. Um, he, he left last week with an injury two weeks ago, but they had their buy. If James Conner doesn't go, I would expect Benny Snell to get a ton of carries. Not a bad idea to pick him up, maybe especially if you have James Conner. In, in, in the event Conner can't go on Monday night, and if you think the Steelers are going to blow them out, as the 14.5-point line says that the markets expect them to, Benny Snell could get double-digit carries in this game anyway. Huh. All right, anything else to get to for the Steelers? Are we good? Uh, Vance McDonald really hasn't done anything, uh, but he has been banged up. I'm interested to see if he gets going in this game against Miami. He's a startable lower-end tight end. Uh, He hasn't hasn't topped 10 fantasy points since week number two, however. I love it, Joe. Ready to rock and roll again this week. And not only do I feel like your information helps for fantasy, I feel like your information helps as well. For a little betting over at betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one for the 50% five zero welcome bonus. Why not, right? You can go, you can check out my bets over there uh, at podcast1sportsnet.com. And if you sign up for a free account, betonline.ag with that 50% welcome bonus, when I win the podcast one sportsnet challenge, you actually get. $100 put in your account. So do it. Do not waste. BetOnline.ag, promo code podcast one. That'll do it for us for this week on the Fantasy Feast Eaten podcast. Totally stuffed. That was awesome. Make sure you check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, talking about the trade deadline coming up as well as the Even Money podcast. Bounce back week on the Even Money podcast. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.